This is RMB's Data Analytics Podcast with Matthew Burnett, where we look at the insightful role that data analytics plays for decision makers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Data Analytics Podcast. I'm Matthew Burnett, the head of data analytics at Randbridge and Bank, your host. And with me today is Ryan Prozeski. Ryan is the Chief Data and Analytics Officer for FMB. So hi, Ryan, and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, Ryan, you, you've been working um, with data, obviously, across different divisions within FMB for quite some time, and, and we've worked quite a bit together as well. Data is, is one of those things that, when it comes together, it, it paints a very insightful picture and can certainly inform decisions. But that's it. it it's not always that simple. I mean, you have to put these data assets together. There's always data quality issues. There's data silos and data in different places. I'm sure you've experienced some, some of these challenges, right, in uh, coming from your background. Uh, yes, Matthew, absolutely. I mean, the, um, I suppose the, the value of data isn't in its sheer size and volume, but really what, what you can do with it and, and, and um, the state and the quality that it's in and how you can join it and merge it and, and, and draw the links between it. Um, is really where the value comes in, um, and 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 certainly those are challenges that we've actually had to overcome. Um, yeah, as I suppose anyone who who deals with data has to. Ryan, if if we go and have a, a look at your role now within organisations, you sometimes find somebody who's a chief data officer. You sometimes find somebody who's a chief analytics officer, and your role is actually a mixture of of both, right? You're both a chief data officer and analytics officer. What are those two different sides of the job look like? Um, so, since you put it, Matthew, I mean, the, um, certainly in my mind, the, the, the data and analytics value chain, um, I mean, it's important for us to see those things, um, you know, as one. I think, um, you know, even historically in, um, in, in the first round group, there, there's been um, what, what I would term a dislocation in, um, and, and I suppose at a couple of points in that value chain, I mean, certainly in the past, I think data was largely seen as an IT function. Um, and analytics were just, um, was really just sort of receivers of that data and didn't necessarily understand that, you know, I mean, data is always just a product of a system and a process um, and didn't necessarily understand those nuances. Um, so, I mean, that's certainly, I suppose, one, one dislocation we were trying to solve is, is, is the quality of the data I mean, as we mentioned earlier, um, is critically able to unlock analytic efficiency. If if your if your data assets are not well managed, um, you you quite quickly hit a limitation in terms of what you can actually derive from an analytic perspective. I mean, you can have the fanciest algorithms and the smartest data scientists, but if the data just isn't, you know, isn't isn't of a sufficient quality and you know isn't available and isn't easy to consume, um, you know, then you, you run some issues there quite quickly. So I mean, certainly that is one thing we wanted to look at how we do that. How do we bring those two things together? How do we make sure that the data is, is managed as a data asset um, and, 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 and I suppose is made consumable to the analytic function to really turn that data into insight? Um, and then I suppose the, 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 the second part of the dislocation is really then we converting that insight into action. Um, you're able to take that, that insight and solve a real business problem, put it back into business processes, um, and that's really, very much, I suppose, the commercial lens or the business lens that's required, um, you know, to translate those those various insights actually into into practical business um, business executions. 
Without a doubt, um, as you just said, you know, the data quality is very important. The data management, understanding where the data is, um, is exceptionally important. But of course, conversely, you, you need the skills to be able to really extract the value from the data. And as you say, um, translate it into commercial insight. I, I know you're quite involved in the skills process and the upskilling process of data scientists and data analysts. What does that look like and, and how important is it for a data scientist to have both data science as well as business skills to understand how the data can be applied in a business context? I think it's absolutely critical. I think the business domain experience is 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 key. Um, I think to you know sort of gone on the days of of, of having um, you know sort of a team behind behind the doors. You slip pizzas under it and, and you you know can solve complex problems. Um, I mean, really the 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 starting point for data is 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 really to be able to translate the the business strategy or the business problem. Um, into a data analytics problem, um, and then and then similarly be able to translate that that solution, you know, back into in, into operations. I think if you if you see, um, you know, data science is just a mathematical just solve for x. Um, yeah, I, th I think I mean you know that's that's kind of really we we we're not solving for business value. Um, and I think you need to see see data analytics as as, as key in, in in the business value chain, um, you know, as opposed to um, you know sitting outside it. I mean, predominantly it's to solve it's to solve problems and it's to solve business problems and to create business value. Um, so I think understanding that um, and understanding the business um, is is critical to be able you know to enable you to to do that translation function. I, I guess the, the output always needs to go to business, as you say, and some decision makers in business. And often, especially in a, in a business such as F&B, which is not necessarily a new business, you know, there could be people that have been working for the business for 30, 40 years even. How do people who are unfamiliar with data and perhaps um, rely more on intuition to make decisions, how are you presenting data analytics to them in order to make it accessible to them, in order for them to understand it and be able to make data that um, make decisions rather that's being informed from the data? Um, Matthew, yeah, it's a good point. I think the, the um, and, and it really comes in that translation function. Um, you know that, that that ability to distill down the business problem. Um, you know, be able to go back and 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 find the data, test the hypotheses. Um, and and then really really to present that back, um, you know, in a story, or, you know, some sto that sort of storytelling quite key um, in terms of how it solves the business problem. I mean, there, there can be hugely complex mathematics, you know, statistics underlying it. Um, but I mean, ultimately, the business solution um, that that insights informs, um, you know, typically, I mean, the, the, those things are, you know, we should be able to translate those back into. How are we solving the business problem? You know, not necessarily having to worry about the technical detail that that informed what that solution is. So, um, yeah, really that that ability to to convert the complex um, into a relatively simplistic business narrative, um, I think is 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 key to being successful. If, I mean, if we just come back and say we solved this with this, you know, highly complex um, algorithm, I think quite quickly businesses' eyes glaze over. Um, but when you present it back as a as a solution, I think that's when you um, when you know you've um, the solution to the business problem. I think that's when you know you've you, you've solved it properly. Yeah, absolutely, I, I couldn't agree with you more. 
And I think it, you know, it has to be something that can be easily explainable to people who, who don't necessarily understand the, the data or the algorithms. And that's, that's certainly a large part of the data scientist's job. Ryan, F&B is, is, is very much an African bank and operates across Africa. Does Africa have specific challenges when it comes to data, or are the challenges similar to those faced by organizations globally, such as data quality and data in silos, etc.? I think there's certainly, um, you know, many of the global challenges um, that that we face, you know, which 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 are common across the globe, as you, as you mentioned, some of the information management practices, but. Um, surprisingly, um, I mean, we're actually in a, in, in, in a very fortunate position in many ways. Um, um, if, if you look at an example, the South African payment system, um, I mean, it's surprisingly advanced. Um, I mean, it's going through some modernization now, but I mean, the data that we get out of there is ex extremely rich. Um, I mean, something even as simple as having a, a, a well-established national ID system. Um, you know, there's some, there's some, um, you know, first world countries that that don't necessarily have, you know, even have that luxury. So even be able to uniquely identify a customer um, in 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 some first world countries, we've we've largely got, you know, got that one solved. Um, I mean, another example, um, if if one looks at things like credit bureau data, um, I mean, the South African credit bureau um, environment is is also very very advanced. I mean, we're one of the few countries in the world that has. Um, both positive data and by positive data, I mean, you know, where, where credit providers report successful payments. Um, you know, many countries in the world, that is just negative data. So only once you default to do that list you as a negative payer, but um, none of the positive information. So, so, I mean, I think there's actually certain areas where we are probably, um, you know, right up there with, with some of the best of the world. So, so I think we're quite fortunate from that perspective, um, but certainly same challenges around, around quality, same, you know, and, and, and that's more, you know, self-inflicted in terms of how we manage our data. Um, similar challenges now are going, you know, in terms of how we manage privacy. Um, you know, I think, yeah, those, those are, those are global issues which, which we're having to deal with. I, th I think you're quite right there, Ryan. I think there's a lot that we can indeed be proud of. In South Africa, in terms of the data that that we have, and and how we are using that data, uh, talking about using data for good, a, a lot of data has been used uh, for good around the world very recently during the the recent pandemic, and from a data analytics perspective, the pandemic really put the spotlight on two sets of, of, of types of data. The first set is, is geolocation data, which was used around the world. To identify, you know, hotspots that was used to identify supply chain issues, and then the second set of data is that high-frequency data, and really it was driven from a, a world that was all of a sudden completely different to the world that existed a week before. You know, overnight consumer behavior changed, and of course we could see that from our high-frequency data. How important are those two data sets, and how else do you think the pandemic and the recent changes? have drastically changed the way that data analytics is seen in a business. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, you know, sort of, sort of data velocity, um, you know, becoming more and more and more important. I mean, you know, we certainly, the days of the past, everyone could sit and wait for, you know, sort of statistical returns, which would happen sort of quarterly to, to inform decisions. I mean, that world has changed. The world's changing at such a, such a rapid pace that the need for, you know, you know what, what we term as high frequency data is becoming you know even more important i mean we're watching daily what was happening with um 
our, our card spend to try and understand at a at a at a um, at, at quite a detailed level in terms of you know what areas of the economy were being largest impacted, which areas were opening up first. Um, I think that ability to um, you know keep your finger on the pulse of that high frequency data, you know, certainly will allow you to react quicker. And and, and I mean the competitive advantage that that gives us, um, I think, is key. Um, you know, we can't can't you know, and we'll wait for sort of monthly reports or quarterly reports to be able to make those those decisions. I mean, the data is there, um, you know, and, and in fact, data is getting, um, you know, almost more current. I mean, we, we're moving even from world of daily data to, to real-time streaming data. Um, so I think that's critical that, um, as you say, the world is moving at such a pace now that our ability to be able to measure it and, and, and react quickly is, is, is going to be a key um, sort of competitive advantage going forward. So I think that was, that's absolutely critical. Um, the geolocation information you mentioned, um, yeah, so I mean, we use that quite extensively um, you know, uh, to, and, and for a couple, couple, of, couple of purposes, but certainly for the, for the COVID piece was trying to understand some of the regional, some of the regional impact. Um, I mean, we geocode our, our, our merchant terminals um, and from you know, our own merchant terminals as well as um, compared to motion terminals, I mean, we're really able to see at a um, you know very sort of granular X Y Z coordinate level where spend and activity is happening, um, and that was quite critical for us to understand how effective things like the lockdown were. You know, how has it curtailed people's movements? Um, you know, we can see that you know from from the from the transactional data as opposed to necessarily geo tracking, um, but I mean, we can you know, absolutely see that sort of shift away from, you know, sort of big destination malls is one of the examples to sort of the local, your local mall. Um, we can we can get input into what's happening in the regional economies and how those are reacting. Um, and even to the point, um, you know, into, you know, understanding what shopping activity looks like in a particular mall. Um, you know, geo, the, the geo detail that we have around our transactions now at that level is, is, is hugely powerful. It's absolutely fascinating, really, to see. And, and that geolocation data, it's one thing talking about it, but actually to see the outputs visualized is really fascinating as well. Um, Ryan, my final question to you is this, and you and I have spoken about this before, and it's almost uh, said a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but, but rather seriously, you know, companies are either have already become a data company, uh, are going to become a data company, or will become less and less relevant. And obviously, a lot of companies are, are looking at how they can incorporate data analytics and digitize to various degrees. How important do you think that is in, in all companies across the board? And do you think that going forward, every company going forward may actually have a data analytics department? Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe so. I mean, you know, often, it, I mean, it's said, um, you know, and somewhat, um, um, you know, used to thrown around that this, this sort of term, you know, data is the new oil. Um, I mean, certainly data is a new currency, with, without a doubt. I mean, you, um, I think data is, is becoming um, key in, in every business decision. And I suppose you can argue, you know, often we do also joke and say, well, you know, I mean, F&B um, has been in data since 1838 when it started its, you know, first branching grain summit. Um, then the data was just sitting in a filing cabinet. Um, but I mean, data is used to inform almost every decision, and and, and I think you're going to see that, um, you know, the real winners in the future are, are those that are going to be able to, um, you know, really distill those insights to contextually meet the customer needs. I mean, the more relevant you can make your your solutions, you know, whether those are financial solutions or otherwise, um, and and data really informs that. 
um, and the better you can make your customer experience, um, and again, data data allows you to do that. You can you you can tailor the tailor the interaction, tailor the experience to be very specific, very efficient. You know, the more data you've got, the less you've got to ask. I mean, you can make highly efficient processes. Um, I mean, some examples that um, you know close to home for us is things that like what we've done around pre-approved pre-approved offers. I mean, you know, using the the rich data in the background. I mean, we'd be able to to assess for our unsecured credit. A, on a completely pre-approved basis, and 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 then you use that to drive the fulfillment processes, you know, with the one-click fulfillment. Um, so effectively, we can put a, an offer in front of a customer, um, and literally have them click a button, and, and and the payout happens instantaneously with no people involved. You know, that sort of ability to make those experiences completely frictionless, completely relevant, um, and I think that apply, applies universally. Um, you know, those are going to be the winners, and, and and the only way you can do that is. Is a deep understanding of the customer, a deep understanding of their need, um, yeah, and a deep understanding of their context. Absolutely. Ryan, some really fascinating insights. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure, Matthew. Yeah, been good. Thank you for listening to RB's Data Analytics with Matthew Bernath podcast. Subscribe now for more episodes.